Welcome everyone to the Rethink It podcast, a podcast designed for equipping families and individuals struggling with brain health issues to identify practical, natural health science and lifestyle approaches to restore optimal brain health and prevent dementia. My podcast, my newsletter, my website, and my integrative practice all focus on providing down-to-earth solutions for upgrading and protecting brain health. This podcast is meant to supply women with brain fog and chronic health issues with the knowledge to choose affordable, effective tools and techniques that go beyond brain hacking. The goal is to preserve your quality of life, your health, your freedom, and your independence. I'm excited you're here today. I'm Sandy, your host for the next 30 minutes to an hour. So we are finally back with part two um, regarding fluoride. I left y'all hanging after going into the research and helping you guys not feel so crazy about not knowing what to believe about fluoride. I hope that you feel a little less uh, unsure <laughs> about the research. I hope you've come to some re reasonable conclusions given what we shared about. Um, today, I hope to go into more about what you can do to help mitigate the fluoride exposure in your body. Um, but before we get started, you guys, make sure to like, share, comment. If you're on YouTube, hit that bell button and sub so you get the notifications um, when new content loads. And make sure to follow so you guys get to follow and see what, what's up new and you know, all that stuff. So, and get the algorithm out there, get this content shared with others. As you know, I do this because I love you guys and I hope that other people can experience the freedom and joy that I've, I've personally experienced in my health journey as I have learned to change my lifestyle from what is the conventional American lifestyle to a little bit more natural. So I want you guys to help guide you guys in that direction and make it simple for you with the content I share. Now, I am a natural nerd <laughs> and I may overwhelm you guys with information and I'm sorry just put pause on your on your podcaster if you feel like whoa I gotta sit with that for a minute this is the great thing about recorded content just put a pause on it and go I had no idea I'm a little overwhelmed I had to do that when I learned certain things like I learned about fluoride I learned this about I don't know it was like 2010 or something <laughs> and I was like wait a minute so it was overwhelming it can be overwhelming when it's new content. It's okay to put pause on that and let it sit with, sit with the information and, you know, don't, the goal is not to create fear. I want to give you a power to take care of your health. So all that out of the way, make sure to subscribe and comment and share. Um, and also make sure that you're commenting because I want to make sure to enter you in the raffle for um, the remainder of this year um, in 2023, as we are trying to get the content out, we are doing the raffle for the food sensitivity test. If you want more information on that, I explain the food sensitivity test to you guys at the end of this content um, so that you understand what that is and why it's so valuable. It's a very good, very, very valuable test. So I hope you get great value out of what I share with you guys every time. I hope so. If so, let me know. Um, if not, let me know. Okay, so all that out of the way, let's get started. So we're back to talking about fluoride as promised. If you wanna catch on, up uh, on the information that was shared earlier, please go up here to the link to our last uh, YouTube video. Uh, it will be, you can easily access it by clicking on the video up here. If you're on my podcast, the link will be in the show notes below. And if you are subscribed um, to our newsletter, you can also 
see that um, load, we will email that out to you as well. Um, so um, in part one, we talked about the narratives out there and about fluoride and why it can be confusing for most of most people to figure out like which voice to listen to. We also dove into the unbiased science. And so by now, a lot of people have figured out that the science isn't always unbiased <laughs> um, and there it's occasionally even for sale. So it's an important thing to be able to think through the information on your own a bit. And that's why I do this podcast and that's why it's called Rethink It. Um, so today I just want to go over a few uh, ways that your body is impacted by fluoride, excuse me, um, uh, by the, you know, by fluoride exposure and what that means for you. But more importantly, we're going to talk about a few key ways that you can uh, support healthy removal of fluoride from your bodies. And that's a really important takeaway, right? So to add to some of what we already discussed about the biological impact of fluoride, here are a couple key reminders. Number one, fluoride has a huge impact on your thyroid. Um, we talked about that. We even went into the um, periodic table and showed you why. But basically it displaces iodine and it's often considered to be contributing to allergic-like responses and even autoimmune triggers like Hashimoto's. So fluoride is a huge impact on the body, all right? Because fluoride disrupts iodine, it can also affect breast tissue. Iodine receptors are not just found in the thyroid. They are also found in the mammary glands. And iodine is needed for proper endocrine function of the breast. And therefore, disruption of it can lead to things like fibrocystic breasts. Um, it's very well known in the literature that high levels of fluoride disrupting iodine can lead to fibrocystic breasts. So if you struggle with that, might be looking into whether or not you're having high levels of exposure to fluoride. Um, fluoride can also contribute to something called pregnenolone steel. If you've never heard of pregnenolone steel, let me introduce you. <laughs> if you've never heard of pregnenolone, you really want to get to know this hormone. So it Pregnenolone is called our mother hormone. It is an important hormone. If your pregnenolone levels are low or not functioning, then you don't make any other hormones because this mother hormone makes is the precursor to every hormone in your body. Melatonin, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all of it. So what happens in certain conditions is that if there's a demand for cortisol levels to be raised safer in a stressful environment, pregnenolone will, the, the effect of pregnenolone is stolen and, and driven toward the production of that one hormone. So in this case, it triggers a stress response, cortisol levels go high, and when you have more attention of pregnenolone toward, say, producing something like cortisol, then you're going to have a dis imbalance of the other hormones being produced, like your estrogen, your progesterone, testosterone, and others, okay? Thyroid hormone and other things. So that is a big deal. So a lot of people I know struggle with hormone issues. It is becoming extremely common. So um, if you are, I'm sorry. That's very, very frustrating. Um, but this might be a part of the picture. Pregnenolone steel can be triggered by many other things, but fluoride is definitely something that can contribute to something called pregnenolone steel. So let's move on. Number four, last time we talked about the pineal gland. 
I'm going to put up another picture of this this very very important tiny brain structure for you guys to see see so you can wrap your head around where it is and it, and just enjoy that organ for a second because it's such an important organ. The pineal gland's primary function is to regulate sleep and wake cycles, but it is also an area of the brain that is linked with something like parts we can't even explain how, but it's linked with intuition, perception, awareness, things like that. And damage to the pineal gland can also affect your sleep, your mood, on obviously your sleep. It's been linked with depression. And the problem is that this gland sits outside of the blood-brain barrier. That blood-brain barrier is, is a, a structure in the body that is meant, it's there to protect the brain from certain types of molecules entering into the brain. Um, that's supposed to limit the risk of injury from toxic exposure. Because the pineal gland sits out of the, outside of the blood-brain barrier, it makes it it puts it at a higher risk for damage from toxins. So excessive exposure to toxins um, like fluoride is linked to calcification of that pineal gland. And that causes the gland, of course, to become less efficient in production of hormone release. And and, and the, the interesting thing is, is the calcification of the pineal gland has been well demonstrated in people with Alzheimer's. It is linked, in fact, with Alzheimer's. So fun fact, not so fun fact, <laughs> the pineal gland has the highest rate of calcification of any gland in the human body. So that's really interesting. And fun fact, not so fun fact, <laughs> number two, lower levels of melatonin production, which is primarily produced in the pineal gland, has been seen across the board in cancer patients. So we definitely need to protect the pineal gland. We definitely want to t pay attention to what's going on with the pineal gland. So every organ and subcellular organ is affected by exposure to fluoride. That's what we talked about in the last episode. So if you want to learn a little bit more about that, check it out there. But let's, let's talk about what we can do about protecting our bodies and the cells and the pineal gland, all the things we were talking about. So first, the first most important thing that you want to remember is that we have to build a solid foundation, right? Our, our foundation needs to be solid. In the holistic space, that means we need a well-balanced, solid nutrition, okay? But what does that mean? We have to actually ask what that means because probably most of us were born and raised with the food pyramid, which is probably not the best way to fo focus on nutrition. Really, a good, balanced, healthy diet means a few things. Number one, number one is that it means that we avoid pesticides and chemicals in our food as much as possible. So organic as much as possible. If you're not able to be fully organic when it comes to fluoride, you definitely want to avoid things like grapes, raisins, and um, wine because they tend to be sprayed with fluoride-based pesticides. So number two, you also need a really good balance of protein and leafy green vegetables. And of course, our leafy green vegetables are more porous and they take in pesticides more. So this would be really important for you to, um, to use, you know, organic type leafy vegetables um, in your diet. And when it comes to meats and proteins, you know, it's important that you get grass-fed, grass-finished if you can. Um, I'll just 
put a plug out here. I have no affiliation with them at all, but I use a, um, I do not use ButcherBox. I use Good Ranchers as a source for deliver to my home uh, chicken and meat. And I'll tell you that food, that, that meat is so good. <laughs> and mm -hmm. there's something about organically produced grass finished, grass fed, fed um, meat and that even our children notice the difference. So, um, just in case you want an option, there you go. Butcher box, uh, not butcher box. Um, good ranchers. <laughs> Secondly, um, there are a few supplements that support fluoride detoxification. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in upcoming episodes because I have a little secret. <laughs> I have worked with a company recently to produce a targeted product to specifically clear halides from the body, specifically targeting them to clear them from the body and protect the brain. I have been working on this for a while, uh, but it's not ready yet. So we're not gonna go too much into that detail yet, but I am gonna highlight one really important uh, herbal product that you want to make sure that is in your diet if you're targeting fluoride, and that is curcumin, okay? Extract of cur uh, uh, curcumin is an extract of turmeric root, and you want 95% curcuminoids um, in that product, so make sure that you're checking that there are high levels of curcuminoids found in your turmeric root or that product that you're using. That is, if you are using curcumin, you make sure it's at least 95%. Um, it is a very, very powerful antioxidant herbal that helps support the liver. There's so much research, so much, about turmeric and curcumin and, and the effects on the brain on the nervous system, on the mitochondria, on the liver, on the adrenals, on the kidneys. There's tons of research. But in this case, it really helps provide support for the liver and the kidneys um, in, in, in its role of detoxification, which were really important if we're trying to eliminate fluorides from our body. Okay. So what's another thing? So we talked about diet. We talked about some supplementation. The third thing we're going to talk about is avoiding fluoride exposure. Maybe that should have been number one. But... I'm going to attach in the show notes the EWG link to the um, where you can look up the quality of your water um, and see if there's any fluorides or chlorines or other chemicals found in your water. Um, I think they keep that up to date for the most part. Well, water people, you are not out of the woods. I have many clients and I've heard many stories from other practitioners as well of water being contaminated in the aquifer from every from a host of chemicals, like everything from chloroform to arsenic. The only way we can um, often figure that out is that we end up with a sick person in our clinic, we test the person, find out there's some weird stuff in their body, and then end up testing the well. So you're not necessarily free and safe if you have well water. Um, make sure to test your well water, maybe put a you know, filter on your well water. Um, but we're not here to talk about well water. We're here to talk about fluoride. So when it comes back to fluoride, water is a huge source. Um, so, um, but like water, drinking water from the tap, that's municipally, uh, su municipally supplied. Wow, that's a tongueful. <laughs> but also there are other sources of fluoride in our that we get exposed to on a regular basis. It's actually kind of shocking. And this is where you might want to put pause and and just let it sit with you because it was shocking to me. I, I, I was overwhelmed. I was like, well, it's everywhere. <laughs> so it, our bottled drinks, um, companies that bottle drinks, even like kombucha and, and the like, um, they 
are allowed to use purified water and they don't necessarily have to purification does not mean fluoride is removed. It just means it's purified from major contaminants. So that is a big deal. <laughs> um, so think about your juices, your bottled drinks, things like that very likely have fluoride in them because it's expensive. And it was, as we'll see in a minute, only specific types of filters remove fluoride. The other source of fluoride is that most people jump right to is the toothpaste. Obviously it's a big source as is mouthwash. Other areas where you may not think about it would be in your black and green teas and your non-organic coffees. So those are highly contaminated with fluoride pesticide. Other areas are Teflon pans, um, mechanically deboned meat. So you get your meat at the grocery store, they're likely deboning it with a metal that contains fluoride because almost every food processing product um, tool out there contains Teflon like things in it, which are perf those PFOs and they have fluoride in them. So there's that. Um, obviously workplace exposures um, put you at higher risk, um, like the operating room and things like that. Um, so, but here's the shocking part. <laughs> fluoride's also found in a ton of medications, um, including things like albuterol, certain antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications. It do, I just did a quick search of the top products that I see people on. I forgot to look at blood pressure medications, but I wouldn't be surprised. They all have a tagged halide in them. Whether it's fluoride, chlorine, or bromine, they're tagged in those medications, and that's kind of shocking. Halides displace iodine, they cause problems in the body. So you'll be surprised when you find that a lot of medications actually do contain fluoride. So there's another source. So let's go back to the water for a second. Um, and I want to just touch on how we eliminate fluoride from our water. Um, normal water filters, like the carbon filters that a lot of people buy in those pitchers or they put on the refrigerator and even Berkey do not remove fluoride from the water. In fact, Berkey's actually in a lawsuit right now for poor validation of their claims. So just FYI, sorry if you have one. Um, the only way to guarantee elimination of fluoride from the water are through three methods that I'm aware of. One is reverse osmosis, okay? Most people know or have heard of that. This is um, an expensive process because you actually only get one gallon of water um, for every three that are processed, two gets discarded. So it's expensive in the water processing and places like uh, high desert like where I am in Colorado, yeah, that's expensive. I don't want to waste two gallons of water because water is not cheap out here. Two gallons of water discarded for one is just not an option. So option number two is a less well-known option. Um, it's a system where they use bone char um, to collect the halides from the water. Now that should tell you something charred bone captures captures fluoride and halides bone <laughs> so obviously i don't want the fluorides collecting in my bones um, and obviously there's something about bone that draws those fluorides and halides to them right um, oftentimes that uh, charred bone is bovine sourced um, so but it's well known it's been used all over the world that way um, to remove fluoride from the water so the third method may seem controversial to you, and so, you know, have a humble heart when you hear it, <laughs> and be, you know, have an open mind a little bit. The third way is, and it's my favorite way, actually, is to use distilled water, and I actually use a distiller. 
personally. Um, the reason it's controversial is because a lot of people immediately go, but, but doesn't it like, isn't that dead water? I mean, you've removed the minerals, so is it going to leach the minerals from my bone? I mean, isn't that what distilled water does? It doesn't have any minerals in it. Um, I've heard it all. I think I've even said it at one point. So until I did the research um, with a little bit more humility um, and thought through it. Let's think through it. Even, I mean, because here's the thing, even Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of the most respected astrophysicists and well-known minds out there, kind of made a, a snarky comment about, duh, distilled water is going to leach leach minerals from a bone, but that goes to show that even the smartest people in the world don't necessarily think through things all the way. And no no diss on Neil deGrasse Tyson because I could not keep up with him at any academic level anywhere else. But in this case, let's just think through it. Our cells are not just bags of fluid and solutes. They actually have pumps and they're complex, okay? So it's not as simple as doing the osmosis uh, experiment that maybe you guys did in high school or elementary uh, Sorry, high school or middle school. I don't think you did that in middle school, elementary school. High school or middle school, um, you know, where we put two fluids with a membrane in between. One has a lot of solutes, the other doesn't. And the, the thing is, is it's not, um, our bodies are not that simple. We're not just a membrane with water and solutes on one side. What, what, that, what that experiment was demonstrating was it was demonstrating osmosis. And the first thing you'll notice in that experiment um, is that um, the, the, the thing to move was not the particles themselves. It was the water. The water moved. So it's not like the min let's just say the minerals in our body are moving. The water is moving in that osmosis experiment. Okay. So, um, our cells are complex and the movement of minerals through the membrane is not, is not, but, um, going to happen because of a lack of minerals consumed in the water. It's not the biggest driver. In fact, here's the thing. Most minerals dissolved in water are electrically unbalanced. They're not, they're charged and they're not bound to something that's biologically available. Um, the best source and the best way to actually get minerals into your body is in a way where they are biologically available is is when those minerals are bound to carbon. Let me break that down a little further because that seems logical to maybe a scientist or I don't know. But carbon, we are all carbon. Every biological thing on the planet is carbon based. Any non-biological thing is not carbon based, okay? So everything living has carbon in it. Um, and so that means that the minerals need to be bound to something living. So it needs to either be bound to meat or vegetables, okay? So it needs to be bound to your food. The best way for your body to get minerals into them is through food, not through water. You should not be relying on water as your source of minerals, period ever. Okay. So anyway, that's the story about distilled water and the mineral story. And I hope that didn't confuse you too much. Um, but I hope that answered and demystified some of the questions. Um, but I do prefer distilled water as my, my, my method of getting fluoride free water. Um, and there, there are several reasons for that. And it's not just because, you know, reverse osmosis wastes two gallons for, for the one or bone char, whatever. Um, I had 
I have a bone char system as well in my whole house, but what I consume is distilled water. And the reason for that is that distilled water is the only way to remove the hardest to remove contaminants, such as radioactive elements like radon and uranium and others. No other filtration system is able to accomplish that, so there you have it. And believe me, your water contains those things. <laughs> it's shocking, but it does. Um, so you have your choices. Don't let me persuade you. You've got three to, to choose from. Choose the one that you feel most confident in, um, but distilled uh, bone char or um, reverse osmosis are your choices if you are trying to remove fluoride from your water. So moving on, there's another important thing that you need to do if you're trying to remove fluoride, and that is to consume uh, foods high in iodine. Of course, you need to make sure that your thyroid's okay and that you're not dealing with Hashimoto's because bumping up your iodine can make that worse. Um, so there's that. <laughs> That's the one caution I'll give you. But iodine is really important for removing fluoride from the body. If there is sufficient amounts of it, it will bump out the, the fluoride that's on the cells that shouldn't be there, okay? Um, foods that are high in, in iodine include seaweed, seafood, like sh uh, specifically shellfish, eggs, um, organic, I'm making an emphasis on organic, beef liver and organic chicken, those contain um, high levels of iodine. Um, Let's talk about ionized salt because that might be something <laughs> people jump to. Should I be using iodinized salt? Okay, I would avoid iodinized salt, um, iodide salt, salt iodide, whatever you know. You know the one. It's on. That's the one you're going to see on the grocery store store shelf. So that actually comes from a processed form of salt, and it's lacking minerals. So salt naturally contains a lot of trace minerals. But to make iodinized salt, they process the salt and they make it just into sodium chloride, first of all. And they use a lot of synthetic, um, synthetic things in the process of iodinizing it. So iodinized salt available in grocery stores and restaurants, um, pretty much all processed foods, have synthetic chemicals in them. And those include things like manufactured forms of iodine, which is not iodide, sorry, iodide. So it's not the same form as naturally occurring iodine. Um, and that can definitely trigger Hashimoto's, okay? Um, also, it contains things like sodium, solo, uh, co-aluminate, aluminum, okay, that's not good for our brain, fluoride, sodium bicarbonate, uh, potassium iodide, again, not the right form of iodine, um, and anti-caking agents that include aluminum. So these are like big problems for the brain. We do not want that kind of stuff in our body, so that's why we avoid iodinized salt. Um, most table salt, unfortunately, does contain iodinized salt, so my preference, of course, would be that you get Celtic or sea salt um, that contains trace minerals, not just sodium chloride with the you know, synthetic forms of um, iodide in them. Okay, let's move on. Another few important things you can do to remove, to clear fluoride inc um, include things like getting enough minerals, so we were talking about this kind of a theme, um, like magnesium, calcium, and vitamin D3. Be sure you're getting enough sunlight, so remember to look back at our podcast on full spectrum light and how important that is. As we mentioned in that episode, light 
actually catalyzes the production and the metabolism of our ability to absorb our minerals. You will not absorb them well if you do not get any sunlight, full spectrum sunlight, full spectrum sunlight. So that's really important. Um, of course, another important thing that you can do to help remove fluoride from your body is to do regular, regular meaning on a routine basis, full body detoxes, okay? Healthy, safe, full body detox routines. Um, of course, if you're sick, obviously seek help and work with someone who's familiar with walking you through a detoxification um, process for the body, but it's important that you actually open those pathways of elimination in your body, really get your liver and your kidneys going and, uh, and working well, because they do get sluggish with uh, accumulated toxins. So. Some practitioners recommend that we do a cleansing protocol at the change of every season, so that would be quarterly. Some recommend it twice a year, but the point is to make sure that you're getting those organs to wake up, really eliminate that accumulated, accumulated burden of toxins that you have added onto your body that you can't help, but you guys can't help it, okay? Like, it's everywhere. If, if you're not detoxing, you're behind. <laughs> like, so definitely, you know, gentle herbal cleanses, maybe some infrared sauna, maybe hydrocolon therapy, other supportive techniques are a good way to keep your body eliminating that accumulation of uh, toxins regularly. It's a critical step in preserving and protecting your overall health, including your brain health. So lastly, if you're concerned about calcification of the pineal gland, then the use of melatonin, liposomal form, is actually really helpful. So melatonin is a powerful antioxidant for the brain and supplementing with melatonin um, has been shown to reduce calcification of the pineal gland and improve function. So that is a really important step if we're trying to get our pineal gland back to working in the optimal way. So I'm gonna summarize what I just said because we went on a couple tangents, but um, I hope you took something away from it and walked away smarter. But to summarize the how to eliminate fluoride from our bodies, we're gonna first eliminate fluoride from our routines and from our exposure. And we're gonna eat a healthy balanced diet with organic foods, avoiding especially grape wine or uh, raisins that are not organic and, have, and for sure having a nice balance of proteins and good leafy greens with heavy minerals. Um, avoid your non-organic coffees, your black tea, your green tea that are not organic because they are often sprayed with pesticides that contain fluoride. Support your body with herbal products like curcumin and routinely go through, take your body through some healthy detoxification on a routine basis, maybe quarterly. Be sure to drink your purified water that um, has specifically eliminated halides, including fluoride, so your options are reverse osmosis, bone char, or distilled. I'm gonna put in the uh, show notes the link to the distiller that I use because buying distilled water comes with its own risks if you're buying it in the bottle. There's plastics in the bottle and those have been sitting there for a while, so <laughs> there's that. And ultimately it gets cheaper just to have your own distiller if you want it. So that will be in the show notes if you want that. Obviously get adequate sunlight, get adequate vitamin D, calcium and magnesium, and iodine. Avoiding iodinized salt. And if needed, lastly, number eight, supplement with melatonin. That's all I've got for you guys today. I hope that summarized what you needed for 
uh, how to support your body with eliminating fluoride and getting your body back on track neurologically and um, mitochondrial health and all those things from the damage that fluoride can kind of incur on the body. For sure, this is going to help reduce your inflammation uh, and your overall brain health. If you have questions, leave them below, um, and I, I'll see you guys next time. Talk to you soon. For the next six months, as we try to get the word out there about this podcast content, we are offering a very special promotion. We will be doing a drawing to give away a free MRT food sensitivity test, which samples the top 88 common food sensitivities. This test has a value of $399 and we will be giving it away for free. MRT is the most advanced and reliable test for hidden inflammatory reactions to foods and food chemicals and it identifies your best foods. So this is not a allergen test, this is a food sensitivity test. This helps you when you identify your best foods and I, all this hidden inflammatory reaction. It helps you make a strategic food plan in order to rapidly reduce systemic and digestive inflammation, which improves outcomes of any other digestive health program that you're currently participating in. This is something I do for a lot of my clients um, in order to rapidly get ahead of the inflammation that they're dealing with. For more information about the test, please go to our website, Beyond brainhealth.com and check out the direct to you labs. We'll, we'll also provide a link for you in the show notes. So you can check that out as well if that's an easier direction for you. But as I said above, I am excited to offer this test, this $399 test to you for free. Here's how you qualify to get it for free. Okay. So I'm going to warn you since this test is almost $400, there are a few steps you must qualify I mean, you must follow to qualify for this drawing. Okay, it's a $400 test, so it's not just one step, you guys. <laughs> so here we go. Go to your show notes on whatever podcaster you're listening on, whether it's Google, Apple, or Spotify. Give us a rating, good or bad. I appreciate both. And comment on the podcast. I really appreciate the honest feedback, especially as I'm growing and learning this whole post podcasting education process. I want you guys to really enjoy our time together. So let me know how I'm doing. All right, number two, step number two, you will also follow us on Instagram or Facebook, please, and give us a comment there as well. Those links should also be found on every single episode of our show notes. So you just need to open the show notes that you're listening on right now and, you know, click, click the link to your Instagram or Facebook, um, whichever you guys prefer social media platform that you prefer to be on and follow us there and give us a comment. And lastly, to qualify for the drawing, please share this podcast with at least one person. Okay, so to sum up, you're giving us a rating on your favorite podcaster, whichever one you prefer. You're going to follow us on the podcast and on Instagram or Facebook, whichever you're on, and give us a comment on both. And lastly, you're going to share this content at, with at least one person. That's a few steps, but it shouldn't take you more than 60 seconds to complete all three. We will be doing the drawing on December 15th, 2023. So let's get the word out there. My hope is that this podcast has left you with a few new insights 
hopefully some encouragement, and most importantly, some actionable steps forward toward healing your body and your brain. If you found this content helpful, please don't forget to give us a like and and share it with someone else who might benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. I love hearing from you guys. I look forward to spending some time with you again soon. So until then, celebrate the small victories. There really is hope for lasting healing.